1: What's up and welcome in, everybody. Your Cleveland Browns 20 to 17 winners over the Chicago Bears. Pretty surprising outcome given where we saw them at what 17 7. Andrew, I welcome in Andrew Spade. Uh, obviously, this is the OBR film breakdown in case you needed those little caveats to start your show. But the Browns are 9 and 5. And this is a little insane to think that they're here given what we saw today, which I think was uh, a lot of opportunity for things to go sideways. At times it did go sideways, but resiliency. Reign supreme. They they'll never find themselves out of games, and they come back and find a way to win. Andrew and I don't really uh, have the words to describe it at times, but we're going to try to do a little quick post game, uh, almost an emotional recap. But that was a roller coaster ride, man. How you feeling?
2: uh completely drained, Jake. Completely and absolutely drained. Uh, yeah, I I'd echo everything you said. It felt like there was not a path back from seventeen seven. The way the offense was playing, they didn't have a run game all day. They got into obvious pass situations. The offensive line couldn't pass protect, so they're trying to get things done with quick game. And then the Bears are sitting on everything. It truly felt in the third quarter like there was not an answer offensively that would work for them. And I I don't know what happened that changed that, other than I don't this either. this year is just different. It's just different. There's, there's not. I mean, listen, all the way to the end of that game, where the ball lands in Darnell Mooney's lap and he's laying on the ground. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to lay down with the ball and go to sleep, and it's a Bears win, and it's classic Browns, whatever, and he did the Browns thing. He rejected the ball from himself as if it was an unwanted house guest, and then kicked it to DeAnthony Bell, who intercepted it somehow. I, I still don't know what I saw down the stretch there, Jake. It's we're living in a different world. We're living yes. in a different oh, absolutely. World. We are. And that's the easiest way to say it. We as Browns fans have wondered for 20,
1: 30 years when things would change. This is the year when things change. I, I guess it is. Maybe it's, uh you know, everything's come and due at the right time. I don't know. I, I don't have any, I don't have an answer for why it was the way it was before. And I certainly don't have an answer for why it is the way it is right now. But what I will say, the only thing I want to say is I was doing uh, the, the game ended I'm gonna uh, you know you're sweating because you're like I can't believe this that ball where they don't get they don't get um you know Tyler Scott out on the sideline which has happened to them before yep. an egregiously frustrating thing to let happen and then like you're all right all they have to do is keep these guys one tackle in bounds and they and then you're in the clock draining situation all right they're gonna throw Hail Mary and it lands in his lap and you just have that moment of oh god and it bounces out you're right like Th- that never happens. That's a very Brownsian thing to do—to let that bounce out of your stomach when you're laying on the ground. There's nobody there. he literally handed it to Bell. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I—I I don't. I'm mean, looking at the. I'm looking at the stats, Andrew. I mean, when's the last time you can recall? Maybe you can't. I can't. Maybe like the D. Filippo days. Uh, what was that? Twenty like, twenty seventeen something, where the Browns yeah, had a quarterback three hundred and seventy four <laughs> yards right? Those all mesh together, right? 374 yards from Flacco, 28 to yeah. 44. Mm-hmm. The Browns ran between Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong for 30 yards on 17 carries. Yeah. I personally can't recall since Nick Chubb has been drafted, that's 2018, that the Browns have put forth that kind of rushing effort. Mm-hmm. I also can't recall that kind of up and down quarterback game. And you're Correct. right, like they're, the score 17-7, I think Santos kicked that football through with like, seven minutes left. How are they going to do? They can't figure anything out. They can't run. Yep. They can't, like you said uh, just a second ago, the linebackers are sort of eating up Joe's eyes on anything, spacing horizontally underneath. How are they going to do this? They find an over route that Joe fits in by the skin. Well, I'll walk it back a little bit. They find a deep, I think it's a skinny. We have to see the all 22, the first Marquise Goodwin deep shot. We've seen come to fruition this year. so that was awesome that ends up being a catch of uh goodwin ends up with one catch 57 yards on one target but that's kind of what he's been here supposed to do now he finally did it cool to see that come together that was great they kick a field goal unfortunately don't score we're also seeing this uptick of nfl calling offensive offside hilarious just just goofy like they're trying to like the next few weeks call this so that we can cover up what happened yeah Mm -hmm. it's pretty funny um but then that over route, like the game still sort of felt dead until he throws this cover two over route between the hook zone linebacker and the corner who's playing that soft flat. And I couldn't, I mean, like that that was nuts. That that's with yeah. 308 left. They got the ball. I think they had had a couple after that field goal with 1227 left. I think they had a couple, uh, traded a couple kicks back and forth. But
2: mm-hmm. but every time the Browns got the ball back there in the fourth quarter it was the same thing. They would run on first down. It was dead as soon as they handed it off. And now they they would go straight drop back second and third down. And that was dead too, man. They, I mean, there was a few plays where Flacco had the ball knocked out and was able to hold on to it by the skin of his teeth. They were one play there away from that game being well and truly dead at 24 to seven with one more defensive turnover.
1: So the play action, we'll look at the data. I don't have, We none of us have this stuff yet. It's too It's too deep dive, but It felt to me like gun play action was their most effective play action in this game. Whenever Flacco turned his back to the defense, the results weren't great. Like that, the the bobbled punt, muffed punt is how it's called. They get it. They go to try to score um, on a nice little motion. uh, Harrison Bryant out, try to hit a seam ball in the cover three corner. Tyreek Stevenson jumps underneath that. But if you watch it, Joe like back foots it and. That's the stuff where I'm like, man, I I think offhand, Andrew, I'm thinking that they were better from gunplay action. They did some nice RPO Mm -hmm. stuff from that, and we'll look at it all. But, man, like, again, those three interceptions that we're talking about here, we should just talk about those real quick. Just get those out of the way. The first one to look like a bender on Haas. I tried to put the concept up on Twitter and at the OBR forums where Tillman, and I I think you maybe saw this too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Stefanski looked pissed after the play. And I don't know whether he was going after Tillman, but anytime you have a cap safety on a vertical route from a number two receiver, which is the inside receiver, typically you always bend it. You can't keep running your vertical right into the safety's lap. You have to bend it inside. You curl it up and bend it. It's called a bender is the ironically the name right in front of the safety, but behind the linebacker. And that's where Joe threw it. I don't put that one on him. The second one, was a spacing concept where if you go back and watch it, T.J. Edwards is just reading his eyes. He's looking at Tillman on the on the center squad's uh, uh, settle route. If he throws to the arrow, which is like a slant hitch, which is just another part of the spacing concept, Cooper has nobody around him because T.J. Edwards, who's responsible for him, reads Joe's eyes. Joe tries to throw Tillman away from the backer, I believe, uh, Ter- Ter- Terrell Edmonds or Tremaine. I get the brothers confused. I think it's Terrell. Um, Terrell right yeah so he comes down like, to pl- I, th- I think we could be wrong it's all it's all good one of the Edmonds and he comes down to play that so Joe's trying to throw him away from that doesn't see Edwards and leads him right into Edwards hits up in the air interception the, the second and third interception were on Joe right yeah and then obviously the first one we talked about was not but the second and third were really crucial and even the I mean the first one was crucial because at that point it's 17-7 and the Bears have scored two touchdowns on drives of nothing one yard and a pick six and that was what was frustrating but I think you felt like me Andrew the defense doing its thing again and again and again keeping them alive you just still somehow feel like I'm I'm looking at the scoreboard at 17-7 I'm like yeah I get it but if they just score two touchdowns if they find some way to score two touchdowns they're not out of this game and that that's the credit to this defense for not caving right
2: yeah for sure yeah, I, I said early in the game that I felt like this was going to have to be. It was so clear from the jump that the Bears' defense was all over the Browns' offense today that it was going to take one of those games by the defense. The thing I wasn't anticipating was that that they were mostly going to do it through stops rather than turnovers. I, I thought it was going to take a sort of game-changing turnover play like we've seen the last few weeks where you, you have an interception or a fumble that really swings the momentum, swings field position, that sort of thing, gives the Browns a short field, like what the Bears did because their offense was dead all day, Yep. but they basically generated 14 points off of two turnovers, one short field and then a true pick six. So that's the difference in the game is that the Bears defense created turnovers that led directly to points, whereas the Browns defense made made their offense kind of earn it the hard way going down the field. And like I said, for three and a half quarters, it felt like that wasn't possible. And then all of a sudden it just was so.
1: That's a credit easy. to the offense for hanging in there. I think also right on. It is. and it, It's just fine. That's been, I guess that's been the biggest thing. The defense continues to, to, to sort of wear the weight on their back. And then when it's time to figure some things out more often than not this year, the offense has figured things out. Now think about some games, Denver and LA particularly come to mind. They just didn't figure it out. They made a critical mistake late in the game, right? Fumbled on the reverse fumble or a deep ball interception, kind of crushes right. them. They didn't get that fourth down against LA after that interception. So they have been I guess we should add to the formula, which is the defense keeping them in it and then the offense just kind of at the end of ball games figuring it out. That's kind of mm-hmm. it because if you look at it, the Bears went 4 of 18 on third down. Browns were much better 4 of 16, but the Bears are 4 of 18, 236 3.4 yards per play. The Browns go for 377. That's with no rushing attack. to,
0: to, yeah, to, crazy. to speak
1: for. So you're talking about 5.6 per play. Uh, the, the turnovers are really deceptive because the Bears threw two Hail Mary. JOK, nice in the stat sheet, brother. That's not an actual interception. <laughs> but the Bears threw two Hail Mary interceptions. They muffed a punt. The Browns defense didn't create a turnover, which right. is kind of if they just had been like average. Think about the, the pick six that was dropped. Newsom, I hate saying mm-hmm. pick six, but it's at least a big time interception in return. Mm-hmm. Newsom mm-hmm. drops. There was another one dropped. Who dropped that one? I can't think of it, Andrew, off the top of my head. Do you know? There was one before Newsom that was dropped that had an opportunity. I think it was Emerson. Emerson, you're right. It wasn't pick six, but it was going to be a, a yeah, turnover, a turnover. And yeah. right out near midfield. So mm-hmm. I think that's like how good this defense have been. And think about it if, if they had some turnover luck. Think about they had the Denver Broncos turnover luck right. with how good they have been this year. Right. It'd, be, it'd be bananas. So anyway. Well, and I, I think we were, ta- we were talking about watching the game here, talking about the,
2: the bounces of the ball. that there were there were a few fields plays where he's just throwing the ball he doesn't see anybody he is he's just cocking back and throwing it and and hoping and none of those ended up in the browns arms there was there was even that deflection by garrett that goes straight up in the air half the time when those are up in the air there's a a defensive back available that comes underneath it and takes it back to the house
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate
1: Again, create that account. Redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com. It is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. When JOK in the midst of those fourth quarter stops was doing that delayed identify exactly. the green dog blitz is what they call it where you realize hey your man's not going out you get after the quarterback or they'll sometimes delay it where once you feel the quarterback hit the top of his drop then go those that were causing those interior pressure, the one he hit Fields' arm exactly. and it landed two yards in front of Bell down the middle of the field. Bell or Hickman, right. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, thought, it landed in the middle of the field, I know. which somehow is empty. <laughs> somehow, because they're playing man with man free. That's the crazy thing, right? So, like, yeah, some of those they could have a little better luck on, but I you just have to pat them on the back because, again, they, they the Bears go down and kick that field goal, make it 17-7. After the Browns have turned the football over, you start to get that vibe from them of, like, all right, you guys got to give us something you got to yes. give us because we're, we're really trying out here and, and we're mm-hmm. really trying and you're not providing anything. So it's a good credit to complimentary football. I don't have the distance and numbers for Corey Bohorquez in front of me, but I thought he punted pretty well. Hopkins Hopkins continues to kick pretty well. Like those margin based things I thought were pretty good. You know, the turnovers on offense continue to be a theme. I would just love them to play without it. But Uh, All of those things are pretty strong. Flacco, again, I want to remind everybody, just quick stats. Flacco, 28-44, 374, two touchdowns, three picks. Dorian Thompson-Robinson throws that little quick screen on fourth down, but that made me nervous there for a hot second. They pick up that one. Ford runs eight for 20, Kareem seven for eight, Pierre Strong two for two. got to talk about the run game this week. We'll get to that. But on the receiving side, four catches on eight targets for Amari for 109 to touchdown david 14 targets 10 catches 104 touchdown goodwin one for 57 tillman a continual work in progress four for 52 elijah Moore, three targets two for 17 and then ford had uh, five targets four catches 11 there's just a bunch of kind of at the bottom off of screenplays and stuff like that but i think we have to talk about david who continues to feel like he's getting better i tweeted Mm -hmm. i thought he's he's putting himself at the at the bottom of that tier one where he can continue to get better like He is a menace, Andrew, in the open field. And him making these big catches, like that touchdown ball, when Brisker's a statue defender blind in front of him, he holds on to, and it was raining then, holding on to the back half of the football. That was pretty insane. So David deserves some real credit for putting together two really big catches and runs after catch. I think Tyreek Stevenson was ready for that hurdle. He's yes waiting on that. So. yeah yeah and then the ability after that flacco gets credit for some some real throws in this the, the over route mm-hmm. we talked to cooper but that ball i think it was third down andrew it's third and 15 jake third and 15 that's big yeah. boy stuff to yeah. fade away lob that thing yep. yeah mm-hmm. lob that thing over the top and then and then david to break a tackle at the first right. down marker yep so david gets huge credit anyone stand out to you on first watch that i thought shelby harris maybe uh, i don't know if yeah. anyone else stood out for to for sure you.
2: i mean you you mentioned jok already I think Ronnie Hickman, it felt like, was in the right position a few times. I know he had a critical breakup at one point. I I think just overall talking about the defense, the Bears' offense has not been certainly the worst in the league, and it didn't feel like they were playing with backup safeties or backup backup safeties in this game. Uh, So I I think credit to both of those guys. You just assume because there were no big busts that those guys probably played all right. And so uh, those, those names, I think, Deserve a mention. Uh, the, the Miles Garrett holding situation is—it's it's getting to a different level now. It seems like it made it worse. Him complaining about it somehow, which feels impossible, but here it is. Uh, the fact that they're going to make offensive offsides a point of emphasis and let players do what they are doing to Miles Garrett—it becomes a safety issue at a certain point because he's getting he's getting horse collared in certain situations. He's he's holding up against the full weight of 320, 330 three hundred and thirty pound linemen play after play and they're allowed to manipulate him, grab him, and hold him in ways that no... As far as I, I... I try and watch a lot of football, Jake. I don't see anybody else getting this treatment in the league where it's so egregious on a play-by-play
1: basis. Yeah, you'll ask the 49ers fans, they'll say Bosa's held. You'll ask the Steelers fans, Watt is held. I'd put Miles' situation here up against anybody because it's getting egregious. That call that wasn't called, the the one that I was uh, somebody was lucky enough to, for us to respond to. Cause I tried to describe it. It's not easy to describe. It's a screen <laughs> pass where the right yeah. tackle just lets him go by and not in a way. Cause the screen wasn't his direction. He was away from the screen. So the tackle's still supposed to slow him down, but he like turns around and grabs the back of his Jersey or shoulder pads and miles just like unsnap. I thought he's at the point of real, like real, I know he said something last week that got him fine, but he's at a boiling point. It's becoming pretty obvious that he's at yeah. a boiling point. So I, I, you know, I hope that there's maturity there for a voice of reason. He doesn't do something he'll regret, but I thought that it got to the point in this one where he's like, what do I have to do? Like, this is, this is getting nuts, right? It's truly absurd. Yeah. On, on offense. I think Michael Dunn deserves
2: a shout out for coming into a game. I know that he didn't play flawless football. I think the offensive line overall is in really rough shape, but it's always a much harder ask when you come into a game cold, expecting not to have to play. And I, I don't think he was nearly as obvious a problem as the tackles were. So yeah. you got to give him a little bit of credit for that. I think you you mentioned David Njoku. I think he's – I think he – at this point, Jake, it's a real conversation whether or not he's their best offensive skill position player. I, I think he might be. Yeah, because I think that's fair. Because when he gets the ball in his hands, you expect more, right? You expect him to break a tackle. You expect him to make somebody miss. You expect him to get more yardage than what seems to be available. And that adds a dimension to this offense that – it really can be a little bit of a hidden advantage for them because of because he tends to still not get the treatment that the other players in that tier get mm-hmm. with bracket coverage or you know really close attention from a safety. And so often he has a head of steam that I I they used him a ton this game. I
1: think down the stretch he could really carry this offense. I kind of think he is. I mean, he had 14 targets in this game. I don't have it in front of me. We can find this because we got handy-dandy technology. I think the last The last like four games, he's in double digit targets or at least close to them. So you're talking about, you know, a guy who is clearly not just we're talking about it. Flacco likes to throw it to him. I don't remember who was Flacco's tight end back in the Ravens days. It was was past Todd Heap. So Dennis Pitta is a name. I saw
2: talking about Flacco. Yeah. I I mean, he was there for a little bit of mark andrews or no is that not true did mark I think andrews, andrews come in came in at
1: 18 and that was when jackson took over okay. in the playoffs. so yeah i just don't mark. remember but i thought flacco did like throwing to tight ends he's clearly yep. doing it with mm-hmm. david and they're trying to focus on getting him the football so i just you know generally think that that's a true statement like they're viewing him as their best weapon and they're trying to get it to him as often as they can and he's he's still blocking i know that there was one particular early play where he got blown up by Demarcus Walker but that's you know that's tough you're you're trying to handle those those uh sort of strong defensive ends at times they're going to win some of those reps those guys are big humans but I
2: mean um, a ton of credit to the Bears defense too that I think of the of the defenses the Browns have played the this year that's the one that felt the most impactful on a down-to-down basis I was I was expecting it to be difficult I wasn't expecting it to be that difficult I mean they were erasing so much just with their front it's really impressive what they're doing right now
1: and Montez uh, Webb was having a field day. I mean, uh, yeah, again, like you can yeah. only do so much so many times to limit how many routes you get out at any given time. So you can't chip block and dedicate one person to that side every single time when I mean, he didn't get help. And even a couple times what he did, because there was the Jerome Ford just whiffed on a chip. And, you know, I think Hudson got beat inside um, that led to a sack. But but listen, long story short, they did a good job against the people they needed to do a good job against. Field nine, Fields goes 19 of 40. 166 and he only runs for 30 yards and I can't think of any run that resulted in the 30 yards off the top of my head they held that all very much in check Rashawn Johnson went five for 36 but again I can't think of much that he did that impacted in the run game and outside of that you're talking Khalil Herbert went six for eight Deontay Foreman went six for negative six they really did a good job in the run defense aspect of this one and DJ Moore didn't hurt him four catches for 52 yards Denzel Ward playing in those more dense defensive back looks nickel and dime getting him back obviously boost the confidence and we haven't rewatched it and you got to watch a ton of it but the safeties I mean I thought Hickman was around the football doing pretty well the Anthony yeah. Bell seemed to be fine I think there's some credit to be given to those guys too and then like we said up front I hope Z's okay that was a it's like everybody running into Miles Garrett lately least getting hurt on our team and uh you know that hit was pretty 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 nasty so I hope he's fine but you know uh Joel's back I think is the only other thing lingering injuries wise but uh, you know you feel good about the way they play I mean I don't really have any other immediate reaction to the to what we said than just like I can't I can't quite fathom how this team is nine and five they have four, no they have I, one offensive yeah. lineman healthy today
2: there, there were multiple times during this game especially in the fourth quarter comeback where I was laughing yeah me too and you know we've talked about it this year I would just remind people that that's it's okay to just enjoy this and understand that it doesn't necessarily make sense it's It feels completely foreign to Browns fans because luck has never been on our side. But this year, it has been so far. And obviously, the, the fear is that at some point that runs out. But by the same token, there is absolutely a belief that is created by finding a way to win these games within the locker room. And I think that was, I, this is the game of the year so far, where I think that belief carried them more than any of the performances on the field. That they didn't stop trying, they didn't give up on either side of the ball and found a way. And so at a certain point, I think the truth is you earn that luck to a certain extent, right? Obviously, the bounce of the ball in the Hail Mary is a different conversation. And I I wanna I wanted to caveat. I said earlier the, the ball wasn't bouncing their way. The Hail Mary bounce makes up for all the other bad bounces, <laughs> right? Like that one, that one situation erases all the other bounces. But in terms of Play to play, I think that the belief creates situations where you have a chance. And because you believe you've done it before, you know how to do it, you find a way to do it again. And I think that's what's happening with this Browns team, which means, as I keep saying, I don't know where this stops. I don't know...
1: I don't think there's any reason to think about it. Don't even, that's the thing. Don't think about it. I have people getting mad. It was like, it was 17-7 or whatever. And people were like, how do you see them winning the next two games? I'm like, all right, then, then, then they just shouldn't show up. I don't know. These guys are getting it done. They're just getting it done, and stop trying to make sense of it all the time, and just Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Even if they lost today, they could beat any of the remaining three teams. So stop. Like I'm guilty of it. So I'm talking to myself here. I'm not trying to like lecture people. No, for sure. I'm going to stop living in this life of like looking at when is the fun end and just enjoy. Sit inside each week. Talk about how they beat that team and what could be the case of beating that team, and stop worrying about well. Well, if they get to the wild card, they're they're gonna face the dolphins or just stop. Like, just just yeah, let's just enjoy this is the antithesis of so many Brown seasons, exactly, and you're getting to to live in that reality. And I know part mm-hmm. of you in the back of your mind, just like it creeps into my mind, is that the injuries and all of this put a cap on where it can go. But I'm asking you, because I'm trying to do it myself, to lift that sort of weight and just enjoy it, and you never know where it could end, and you never know where it could end. And these guys pulled off an improbable comeback today that none of us thought they could pull off mm-hmm. in a fashion that was really unique awesome in front of their fans they're seven and one now at home and it's incredible it's incredible that's, so that's the only way incredible. to put it so yeah that's what we're gonna do we're gonna try to get these instant reaction pods out to you guys right away so i'm gonna try to get this uh up and posted here soon so whenever you're listening to this i tried my best to hurry andrew tried his best to hurry we uh are going to get that post and we're going to come back on the Twitch show. If you want to watch that live later tonight, and then um, we'll have a series of podcasts released tomorrow. We'll probably do fit check on its own and a couple other things. I just want to release some podcasts and, in, in sort of succession to you guys. So you'll get a, a couple of podcasts tomorrow too. It's kind of a new plan we're pivoting to. So I'll uh, get used to that. So for Andrew, uh, for me, we appreciate you guys stopping by and and a big kudos to your Cleveland Browns for finding a way to get to, to nine and five against all odds here. And that's fantastic. So for 2017, win. Cleveland Brown Stadium we really enjoyed it uh, hopefully you guys will catch us later on the Twitch show stop by tomorrow for your regular podcast uh, where you'll get a couple of them like I said it's not regular it's a little different you'll get a couple of those and then we'll have everything else for you covered the rest of the week so um, enjoy it you know run a victory lap text some, text some friends live in the moment and go Browns